Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you here with us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about the games you play with your class after being inspired by Quizalize, and we had so many incredible responses. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. Here are a couple of our favourites that we received from you this week. Lisa in Australia shared, We use Quizalize to create gamified versions of our weekly learning. We have a quiz afternoon every Friday based on what we learn during the week. We track our results and share it out every week. The kids just love it. It motivates them to learn and engage, and parents love the statistics produced and shared. Thanks, Lisa. Nguyen from Vietnam shared, I like to play a variety of short games at the start of my classes to focus the children in. Whether it's paper, scissors, rock, or a hand clap game, I get them up and moving and laughing, and then they focus in on their learning. It's a great way to get my session started. Thanks, Nguyen. Donovan from Germany said, In my PE class, we gamify every class, sometimes with and sometimes without technology. I use a variety of tools that I know the kids know because we don't have time to teach new tech in our class. That limits us, but using games helps us engage students into thinking about their learning. Thanks, Donovan. Love that reflection. And thanks to everyone else who shared their ideas about games in their classroom too. This week, I want to ask you about thought leadership and what that term means to you. I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is PlanBoard by Chalk. PlanBoard is a free online lesson planner and gradebook that's used by more than half a million teachers globally. PlanBoard is an organizational tool for lesson planning and for tracking standards coverage. Start by creating a free account at chalk.com. Next, create color-coded subjects, which can be further organized into sections if the subject is taught to more than one group or class of students. Then, add subjects to a schedule using a built-in calendar. Creating and organizing lessons is the final step. Templates are available and editing tools allow teachers to embed videos, visuals, and attach documents, like Google Docs. A handy spot to list personal reminders and a calendar is an added bonus. Teachers can use PlanBoard to share lessons with substitute teachers or colleagues who teach the same subjects, as well as with families for stronger communication. For ease of monitoring, the standards progression tool shows curriculum progress for each class as well as which standards have been covered. Lessons can also be viewed by days, weeks, or months as an overview when planning. I particularly love this feature because I like to plan in the now, but I also like to plan in the future. Additional features are well worth exploring after the basic setup is complete. 
Curriculum sets can be added to subjects. Lessons can be copied, shifted, and exported for collaboration with other educators. And standards can be added to lessons. Teachers can sync Planboard with other apps from Chalk.com, including Markboard, Attendance, and Collaborate. Markboard helps teachers manage assessment, Attendance tracks students' absences, and Collaborate is a comprehensive sharing tool. A premium Chalk Gold account integrates with Google Classroom and Calendar. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, chalk.com slash planboard. Last week, we talked about jumping on ideas and running with them. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about thought leadership and what it means to me. Thought leadership is a concept that never really made much sense to me as an educator in a school, and it wasn't until I dived into it a little bit more thanks to EduSpark that I understood the concept and how knowing about it can help me in my growth and development. It's important to understand the definition of a thought leader. To me, it's someone who's recognized as an authority in a specific field. Thought leadership is often led by thought leaders. I think it's important to note that anyone can be a thought leader, and often these people are not known or held on a pedestal. They don't have to be the top 1% of social sharers to be recognized in this space. In fact, many of you listening today are so skilled and experienced in a particular area that I'd consider you a thought leader. Thought leadership is the expression of ideas that demonstrate you have expertise in a particular field, area, or topic. Most thought leaders not only have a command of their subject area, but they're passionate about it and eager to share their knowledge with others to benefit a company, an organization, or a cause. They can be quite a popular breed of leader because they're often driven to stretch people's minds, encouraging and even daring them to think deeply, differently, and in one direction, forward. Anyone who has knowledge, experience, and a point of view are practitioners of thought leadership, most likely without even knowing it. Here are two examples of it in practice. Steve Jobs is a thought leader. He believed that you always have to be a little different to buy an Apple computer. This thought inspired Apple's Think Different advertising campaign, featuring real geniuses whose crazy ideas had a profound impact on the world. Many CEOs like Steve Jobs are known for thought leadership because of their authority in an area, their ability to define important terms for the future, and much more. The second example is Fran Blanchard. Fran Blanche fancies herself a geek girl who makes stuff. She had the foresight to combine her engineering background and goofball personality in weekly how-to videos called Fran in the Lab that feature her fiddling with electronic components, something she knows like the back of her hand. Fran's formula works. She's amassed close to 150,000 subscribers to her YouTube channel. Thought leadership is about knowing what you do and sharing it to the world. Are you a thought leader? I'd love to hear from you. And to learn more, connect, and follow, please do so on your social channels of choice. The links are in the description below. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Lisa O'Master. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Lisa O'Master, who is based in USA. 
Lisa is the president of Learning A to Z, a leading edtech platform used by thousands of teachers across the world. With more than 20 years of leadership experience in education, Lisa is a proven change maker who's actively working to ensure students become fluent readers. Lisa, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Oh, I am, Craig. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? So current role, as you mentioned, I'm the president for Learning A to Z. And um, one of the things that really inspire me and really focuses so much of what we do at Learning A to Z is really the teachers, as the teachers as the center there's nothing more interesting or exciting than watching a teacher's confidence when they get something or when they understand something or when they see a student engaging, their ability to really make a difference in the classroom. And so much of what we do at Learning A to Z is to provide resources for teachers that enable them to have more time, more time to connect with their students, more time to make a difference with other students and to really understand and have the confidence to be effective connecting with those students in unique and different ways. Yeah, that's really cool. And you know, as a Someone with an ed tech background that's worked in school for so long, I totally, you know, understand what your mission is and the vision is for the company as well. I do a lot of work with ed tech companies as a consultant, and a lot of that is missing when companies, particularly uh, American UK companies, look to enter the Asia market. Uh, I think a lot of that connection to people is often missed, and it's really exciting to hear you know, your vision and mission for what you're trying to achieve as well. And you do a lot of work supporting schools in literacy and reading, Lisa. Coming back now after the Northern Hemisphere summer break and the Southern Hemisphere winter break, as teachers, we often see that summer slide or a little bit of backward movement in our learners. What can teachers do to improve this in this literacy and reading space? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a problem, I think, across the world, I'm sure, And so much of the focus really needs to be around keeping um, the kids reading, keeping the kids reading with relevant and uh, relatable material. It's so important for them, for the students to be able to see themselves in the materials, for them to be able to be excited and really be able to apply it to the environment that's around them. When students feel connected, they'll want to read, they'll engage reading. It doesn't even matter what they read, whether it's comic books or information that they, they see from a book or from a story or from something that they see in their day-to-day lives, just keeping them reading and engaged and excited to continue to learn. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, my daughters four and eight have just gone back to school uh, in their first couple of weeks back and, you know, they love it. You know, we read a lot anyway, but I can see how easy it is to, you know, over a break to let that slide as well. And, you know, kids do forget but it comes back just like riding a bike, right? As long as you put that time and energy into it. Well, and they love to read. So it's an exciting opportunity. They just need a time to connect in ways to the, that they really make sense to them. Absolutely. And you're so passionate, Lisa, about technology too, particularly in that area of reading. Tell us a little bit about technology's evolution within the classroom over the past couple of years, particularly how gamification fits into the classroom. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Technology can be both a blessing and a curse in so many ways, right? There are some negative aspects. There's so many companies coming into the space with so many different technology solutions. They're fun, but fun doesn't always mean effective. And gaming for gaming's sake isn't necessarily enough. They have to be grounded in research and best practices. And so from a technology perspective, it's a tool, 
But technology is not the solution, right? And it really comes down to what does that look like in terms of implementation, confidence, reliability? You know, is it easy to use? And tools really for engagement and learning and understanding um, and differentiation. So from the perspective of gamification, it's really important, really almost imperative that as educators are looking at different tools, is it just fun? Or is it fun and effective? And what does that look like? And are companies just creating gamification for the sole purpose of checking that box of saying, okay, yep, we have gamification, which is unfortunate because while that might engage a student, if it's not helping that student learn and grow, then it's not necessarily an effective tool. And so what does it look like to have truly effective technology? What does it look like when you have a student who's engaging and learning and growing and excited to get back to that electronic tool? And again, it's still just a tool. It's not the solution. And so making students understand how to leverage that tool, making sure teachers really understand how to leverage that tool, how they can have um, engaging ways and really be able to leverage it for differentiation for their students. It enables them to be able to manage a classroom in multiple different ways um, and be able to handle different kinds of students at different areas of where they are in their learning trajectory. Yeah, and I'm excited to hear you talk about differentiation as well. I think it's often overlooked, um, and particularly in this reading space, I think it's a really important element for not just teachers to understand, but parents to understand, and also kids to understand that we're all at different levels, we're all achieving different goals, and we're all working towards improving what we can do. And I think that as a sitting here talking to you as a leader of a large global ed tech company, I'm excited to hear particularly all of this teacher talk, you know, really diving deep into the needs and demands of a teacher every day. So that really gets me excited, Lisa, because there's a lot of ed tech companies and leaders of ed tech companies who really aren't grounded in education what brings you into this space, you know, as an ed tech leader, you know, why are you so passionate about education and, and change with learning A to Z? You know, I'll connect it back to what I said earlier around teachers as the center, right? And so, so much of a child's experience in the classroom is about that relationship with the teacher. All of us can pick, pinpoint a specific teacher that made a significant difference at some point in our lives, right? And it didn't, it didn't necessarily have anything to do with the technology that that teacher used or the subject that that teacher taught. It was the teacher at the center. It was the teacher being able to connect in a meaningful way with a student. And how can a teacher do that? How can she do that? She can do that through the help and support of technology. She can do that through the help and support of additional resources that make her time more valuable so that she can spend more time connecting with those students. And so to me, if you think about all of those technology resources, all of those things that are available to teachers today and teachers being at the center, they're all designed to give teachers greater opportunities to connect, understand, and impact that student's outcomes. Yeah, I love it, Lisa. We're on the same page with so much stuff. And another area that we're on the same page with is professional learning and development. And I know that's a big focus uh, with what you guys do. And at EduSpark, we're leading the way supporting educators globally in this space. And I recently read something about you describing teacher PD as non-negotiable. And I love that. 
Tell us more about this and how we can do better in our schools. Uh, happy to. And I'm so excited to see the work that you're doing as well. Professional development comes in lots of different forms. In some cases, it's just the ability for teachers to connect with each other. So there's different kinds of PD. From the perspective of a teacher not necessarily feeling like she's alone, um, that she has a lifeline, right, and that has the ability to be able to connect with each other, with other people in terms of both from an educational community as well as the creators of some of the electronic tools that they may be using. One of the things that Learning A to Z does is we kind of build in that lifeline into our product so it's on demand, whether that's a video at the point of use, whether it's recommendations and giving that teacher an opportunity to go, okay, if based on the way the student performed in this particular area, we recommend these resources, we recommend this kind of conversation. And so again, allowing that teacher more time to focus on what's important in terms of connecting, we automatically give them recommendations in an adaptive way to kind of connecting those teachers and students together in meaningful ways. And it really builds confidence with the teachers and creating connection. And so without professional development, without the ability to connect with other teachers and with other professionals that can support their efforts and be able to teach each other best practices, they're oftentimes feeling very alone and isolated. And so professional development serves so many, both from the perspective of learning, as well as just mental health and connectedness with each other. Yeah, hit the nail on the head there, Lisa. Let's jump into some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why. What's your favorite EdTech book or resource? Uh, I don't know if it's specifically EdTech, but there's a book called Switch by Dan and Chip Heath that I love. And it's all about change and helping schools and districts and companies understand the different relationships and connections to what it takes to help people evolve and change, whether it's helping a student understand and embrace new concepts or helping an organization evolve into a new, new type of technology. Yeah, that's cool. We'll make sure the link to that is in the podcast notes as well. What's your go-to EdTech tool that the listeners need to try? All right, well, I'm terribly biased. So obviously, I think Raz Kids is the EdTech tool that educators need to use. It's, it can be used anywhere. Anywhere kids, anywhere learning takes place, uh, it can be on an app. It can be on their computer. Um, they can print it out and take it onto trips. And it's fun. The material is interesting and relevant. And students can engage with content and talk to their parents about it. And parents can have information and just connect with it. So you talked about the summer slide. Um, these are resources the teachers can send home to their parents all summer long. And it's also information and teachers and tools that students can use all through the school year and all through um, through the summer as well. So it's just kind of a a one-stop shop for students and teachers to be able to really leverage that and stay engaged. Yeah, I love it. And Lisa, I I think it's really important to point out that nothing on this podcast are paid endorsements. I can't recommend this enough, actually. My daughter, who's eight, has used Raz Kids for many years, actually, and absolutely loves it. It's um, a staple in her learning diet, both at school and at home. So I didn't mention this to you before, but it is one of her favorite things to jump into. So for me, that's what tells me something that's great. If she loves it. She wants to go back to it. Oh, I love hearing that, Craig. Thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. What's one daily habit or practice, Lisa, that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career? Um, believe it or not, it's actually stepping outside of the education space. Um, I try and focus at least one time a day time put aside where I either 
talk with somebody outside of the education space, read something outside of the education space, um, engage in some type of resource or tool, examining other companies, because there's so many great things happening outside of the education space that I think we can learn from and grow from. And so it enables me, you know, as a leader to pull in different types of tools and help us think, can we do this better? Can we do this smarter? Is there places for us to learn? And it's just, to me, it's absolutely essential for us to continue to keep our pulse on what's happening outside of what we're, what we are so all ingrained in every single day. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I have those sorts of conversations too. It's inspiring and it's really exciting to, you know, think outside of the square a little bit too and push boundaries from within. Lisa, this has been awesome. Uh, I've absolutely loved it. And I'm sure our listeners have too. What's the best way for them to follow and connect with you? Um, so the, probably the easiest is through LinkedIn at Lisa dot, or not even dot, I think it's Lisa Omasta, O-M-A-S-T-A on LinkedIn. You can find me there. I'm, I love connecting with people from all over the world and happy to help support. If individuals have questions, just shoot me a chat and I'll be happy to respond. Awesome. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. Inspirational. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate all that you've done and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with your listeners today. Thank you. Next week, join me for episode 105 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Andrew Canlay. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.